0: If you're talking sports, it's a matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy, are we cutting it up? Just a couple athletic enthusiasts, you know what it is—the Mickey Zizzy podcast. You know, this one, this one, this one—it it, it hits, it hits close to home, Mickey. Like, it's a little sad. Everybody talks about that twenty-seven club, you know. And like, it's—we've lost some great ones, you know. Like one of my personal favorites, Matt Mickey. 've we lost we've lost so many artists and stuff the twenty seven and it's just it's a sad day
1: it's a sad day when we do the Mickey theckey podcast and it's episode twenty seven let's
0: go mickey james hines what's up
1: um okay <laughs> i'm always kind of interested by your uh startup store episodes but uh I'm going to match this energy. Uh, We already know it's about to go down. We had a big week in the NFL, that being week seven. And we're also going to bring back up the NBA again. Okay. 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 We love talking about some NBA. We're not going to talk about players, but we're going to talk about coaches later on. But uh, we got a lot to digest here on this episode.
0: Absolutely. Now, my only question is, we're going to talk b-ball or we're going to talk foosball? Oh,
1: we'll talk about, you know, the sport that's going on right now, that being the NFL. All
0: right. All right. Well, give it to me, my man, what you want.
1: Oh, I know. I said I was mature last episode. No. <laughs> oh, God. On what? Monday Night Football, Tommy Hank Williams,
0: Jr. We'll start. Come on, man. Like you, you did so good last week or on the last episode, and then you go come out and do what you always do and start the episode with some damn bears talk. I don't know why you do this, but nobody wants to hear about it. (laughs) Zizzy,
1: we're we're a bears uh, podcast here. Uh, We're definitely gonna talk about Chicago after this uh, this game. Now, here's how my day went, Zizzy. Monday, I had the day off from work. We had conference, our fall break. No better way to end my fall break with some Monday Night Football. Call me Hank Williams Jr. Chicago playing the Rams. A good test to really see if we are a great team in the NFL. And we come out with the flatline. My heart died. I think my heart stopped maybe three or four times. This game was absolutely – I still can't find the word for it, but I'm just going to go with disgusting – to watch, I was just hurt. We couldn't cover it on third down. Some play calling was questionable, but everyone needs to stop hating on Matt Nagy. His play calling actually ain't that bad because sometimes your really good starting quarterback, opposed, uh, supposedly, needs to make some better throws. Now, granted, 28 for 40 isn't that bad. 260 yards, but two interceptions, no touchdowns. He is now 1-7 in seven as a starter in the past two years. That is terrible for a starting quarterback. In the NFL. I don't well, care what his stats say. I think he's close to being 50 50 on touchdowns to interception ratio. And one in seven. One in seven, Mr. Zizzy. That is terrible. You're going to let him lead the way when Mitchell Trubisky has a NFC North championship under his belt two years oh. ago. And last year, granted, we weren't that, that bad.
0: Hey, stop. That is not his let me NFC. Finish. Let me finish. That is not his a- NFC championship. And you know that.
1: Because it is. Because the defense is balling, if not better, this year than they did in 2018. Let me finish.
0: You're right. All right. You're right. You're right.
1: I'll give you your time, Mr. Zizzy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Our defense was balling. All right. Granted, the one big key takeaway from this game was uh, Heckler, Hecker, um, the punter for the Rams, was on one. One of the best punting performances I've ever seen. Coach B was probably having a very, very good day if he was watching this game. But special teams was special. Yeah. I will say that it, it is tough to start your offensive drive with the ball on your own five or, you know, 20 inside your own 20 every single time. That's tough. I get it. But you still have to be a good ball cup and get past the 50, pin them back deep, get a 30-yard drive and pin them back deep or not a three and out on your own five. You can't have that. And moving forward with that, I mean, we necessarily didn't play... Bad. I still think our offensive of weapons are great, but our defense, man, balling. Eddie Jackson finally got one of his touchdowns, not called back. He is killing it, a fumble recovery for a touchdown. The only touchdown for the Bears, which is pathetic, disgusting for the Bears. And I still think we did well. Khalil Mack had a, a forced fumble. We almost recovered it. He had a really good game, et cetera. And uh, Jalen Johnson, the rookie that we drafted, I'm loving him. He uh, had an interception that game. So we're playing like the Chicago Bears defense. It's just special teams won. They won that phase of the ball, and our offense absolutely blew it. If I had to give it a grade, it'd be enough. An and Mitchell Trubisky should be the starting quarterback.
0: Yeah, I'll let you talk. I was waiting for that one. Um, here's where I stand on it. Honestly, I don't think that the score of this game reflects what really happened at all. You know, like... It was uh, it was ugly by the offense. But you cannot tell me. I know you were watching the game, Mickey. Three separate drives. I watched Nick Foles in that offense march down into the red zone, or if not, close to it. And on three, uh, and on all three of those, two of them, an interception was thrown, which, yes, is Nick Foles. I Nick Foles. Yes, and I get that. But two of them, an interception was thrown, and another one, a field goal's missed. So, for me... It's like they had, like to me, they still showed the potential to move the ball. Like they had one drive that was very, very deep in their own territory, which again is credit to the punter for the Rams, but so deep in their territory. And they drive all the way down. They go into two minute drill and they're driving the ball. Like Nick Foles can move the ball through there with this offense. He just can't have those types of mistakes. That will cost you because mistakes are going to cost you in any game in the NFL. It's the NFL. You're playing against the best people in the world. No matter what, if you're going to turn over the ball like that, you're going to be in trouble. So, yes, did Nick Foles make mistakes and did Nick Foles cost you guys this game? Yes, I blame Nick Foles for this loss, but it doesn't mean that I don't think that he's still the better quarterback cuz I think that he still showed all the signs of he can move the ball and this is a good defense. The the Rams defense has allowed is the second best defense against the pass so far this season. So like they like this is not a easy peasy defense and they have Aaron Donald on the defensive line who is the greatest pass rusher I've ever personally seen. So like this this team is not bad on defense. And and Nick Foles was still able to move the ball at certain points, pretty easily against them. But when you have costly interceptions, it doesn't really matter. So I get that, but slow your roll. I'm, I don't, th- I still think he's the better option to miss Trubisky. I get it. His regular season record as an actual starter is horrible, but I don't think it's as reflective of him as a quarterback as it is as all the teams he has played on. I mean, he's played now with a, like uh, he's only played a few games as the start of the bears and he played as a starter for the Eagles and the Eagles were always banged up around him. So I, I, I mean, I'm not going to say like tear down and put Mitch back in because I still think Nick Foles is the best quarterback for this team moving forward. But I also want to like, say like, have confidence for you. Like as a fan, like they writ like losing 24 to 10, they lost by 14 because their defense is real, like a defense should never outscore the offense in a game. Like that's crazy that that happened, but still, the defense is that good that the offense was able to play that bad as far as like turnovers and costly situations and allowing thing and not scoring when they needed to. They played that poorly and still only lost by fourteen. So the the Bears are a good team. They are still five and two after losing that game, and so are the Rams. I'm just excited for the Rams to show up in Miami and lose this week so I can talk all that smack coming up. Oh, my. <laughs> now,
1: uh, so I'm going to give you a little analogy here. You say he can drive the ball down the field. He's making plays on the field. Throws interceptions at the finish. Da, 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 da. So now I'm going to make the analogy to track and field. If you lead the race in a 400 for 350 meters, it does not matter. If you get past the last 50 meters and do not finish the race, okay, all right, you have to close on these drives, you have to finish these drives to be considered a good quarterback. If you go out and throw 400 yards, Izzy, zero touchdowns, four picks, and you lose 24 to 10, um, that was a bad game, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, yeah, I don't care, you know, I a said lot the of things game he was on
0: the goals. goals. I said it was a bad game, I'm just saying, like you can't say that there weren't bright spots. Like, there, he still shows the potential to make this team dynamic on offense, at least in a better way than Mitch whiskey camp.
1: Yeah, I mean, my last little take about this is I do understand that he is okay, and I get like, oh, it's a bad game, like you were saying. But the Bears moving forward need to get, you know, something figured out, and I think it will because I still believed. I want to be honest with you. I still believed when especially when Eddie Jackson took that to the crib I'm like we're coming back again we're the comeback kids I honestly here before. I bet on you, you know, I was That's texting my friends
0: I some money because I bet on them I had them getting points and then I had the the over so I was like you know what I thought they were going to come back and it looked like they really were after that Eddie Jackson play Yeah you know I was like oh
1: here we go here we go again this is kind of our MO we like to do this let's let's rock and roll you know text my buddy Bo Corn uh, Cornwall shout out him and I'm like, you know, we're going to do this again. Here we go. And terrible throws down the stretch by Nick. It was just – it was bad. But, uh, yes, I will admit the Bears did lose. I was heartbroken, saw all the people laughing at me. I felt your uh, laughter yeah. and I was in some pain. <laughs> but we're moving on to this I, week. i will. going to say- play the Saints. And it's going to be a great comeback game for those Bears because you already know who I'm choosing in the NFL Pickups. And, by the way, the trophy's in for the NFL Pickups. Yes, it is. But it's pretty – Oh, ladies and gentlemen, you don't understand. It finally came in. We actually had a debacle. A pink sparkly uh, steering wheel cover came in instead of the trophy. (laughs) So we had some difficulties getting it here. You don't understand how upset I was. But we have the trophy. It's nice. You're also going to get a certificate if you win. I think uh, my name's going to be up there soon because I am now in second place. I told y'all three episodes ago that I'm going to make a huge comeback back when I was in like ninth or tenth. And here I am two games behind mason davis who's true, true. still in the lead hey but, we're, uh, we're you know who's one behind me
0: we're hey we're holding you. Out here. the mickey zizzy podcast is showing why we host the podcast
1: exactly we're right back there in the running uh the trophies here maybe we'll give you a little sneak peek of it um halfway through the season but uh oh it's nice
0: yes everybody that wins we're, we're appreciative to give it out to whoever wins and if we are able to keep it in house we, oh, we we're keeping excited don't get me wrong Exactly.
1: Real quick about that. The big winners from week seven was me and Ben Alger. We both went 11 and three. Shout out Ben, my good friend. And uh it was another really good week for me. And moving forward, uh, you are in third with 71 and 33 yep, with yep. Zach Novick and Ben Alger. Yep. down there in sixth. Uh, our buddy Steven Ruiz is in eighth. He had a really bad week. <laughs> um, and yeah, green, no green. He's 47 and 57. Uh Not last though, because one person dropped out. But you know. The Beat the Podcast is cooking. Thank you for everyone submitting your picks. But uh, let's keep on moving forward with our recap.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I will, I will I will say, like, just moving on from the Bears, I think they're still a great team if they can get consistent quarter That's the thing. It sucks because the Bears are too good to lose enough games to get a really great draft pick. But if you guys just had a great quarterback that was consistent every week, you guys might be undefeated like you I will. the bears are very good and the and the defense is playing just as great as they did two seasons ago. I mean they it's they you guys are good. But it just the quarterback is a very important position and when you turn the ball over more than when you're scoring then that's that's what's going to happen. Um however, thank you for your weekly Snapchat updates and recaps and also I can't stop laughing every time you play the whole. You're breaking my heart. <laughs> I can't stop laughing. So but yes, moving on from that game. What's what's games you want to talk about, man?
1: Uh I also want to talk about probably the best game of the week, that being Seattle and Arizona. Um Zizzy, yeah. are we becoming a Cardinals uh podcast? Because What
0: what what did I I I, I what did I, I say? What did I say?
1: The Cardinals <laughs> are Looking nice, Kyle Murley finally can see over the offensive line. He's starting to cook a little bit, and he had 360 for three touchdowns. Granted, he had one interception, and he went toe to toe with I think the front runner for the MVP right now, Russell Let Russ Cook Wilson. He had 388 for three touchdowns, but he also had three picks. It was 37 to 34. It was a barn burner. It was awesome to see. And the NFC West, hopefully, I said that correctly, is scary good they all might make it all four of those teams might make it
0: i mean they, they all have the potential i honestly i'm still not sold currently on the niners even though like obviously i had them as one of the best teams coming into the season when you get that banged up that early in the season and personally i believed i had faith in their run game not jimmy garofalo leading them so i i'm not sure what's going to move on from them but yes Every team in that division, honestly, has a possibility of making the playoffs or making a push, at least. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But last week I said, let's hold your – like, Kyler Murray's great. He's going to be a star. I said it. But this is where I want to hype up Kyler Murray. This guy, like you said, he can see over the line. And I want to point out, he might be the greatest quarterback I've ever seen at avoiding contact. Like, that man knows how to slide – with precision i don't i don't know what it is but he is scrambling he's tiny he fits through holes he's hard to tackle and then he gets down safe every single time you never have to worry when he's running the ball so he had he led the team in rushing yards yep and passing yards and total like four touchdowns to only one turnover which against a seattle team that's known for getting turnovers especially in the secondary that's pretty dang good game. And like you said, toe-to-toe with who has been to this point, in my mind, the league MVP, um, Russell Wilson. Still incredible, man. I mean, he has still basically a 400-yard game. He throws it 50 times. He still gets three touchdowns. But we are reminded that everybody in the league is human at times. And we finally were shown that Russell Wilson can make a mistake. They got him on the defensive side of the ball with the Cardinals, with the defensive lineman drop into the zone. They read it, or he, Russell didn't read it, threw it up right to him, and th- that's the game. And when you get two, I want to say, was it two pick sixes at one point? I don't know. It was st- it was two big, two big interceptions at one point that completely changed the tide of that game from Russ. So yes, did he look a little vulnerable this week? Did he finally maybe get some negative talk for the first time this season? Absolutely, but. I think that this game is much more about the Cardinals showing that they can play with the best of them. And like I said, guys, I had them as the number five team in the NFC coming into the season. Everybody laughed. Everyone said, yeah, they're good. They ain't that good, even with DeHop getting at it. Well, yeah, their defense is starting to play a little bit better. Don't get me wrong. The Seahawks still scored 34, but that's still in overtime. And this is still the most one of the most explosive offenses in the league this year. The defense is starting to play very good. We saw what they did against Dallas, even though they've been struggling. Still, saw what they did against them. Buda Baker is one of my favorite people in the back secondary, even though he got absolutely hopped by by DK Metcalf. I've never seen somebody run like that. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, in a second, but... Uh, the Cardinals are for real. They have an offense with a budding superstar quarterback. I don't care how small he is. He is great. There's a reason why he was able to possibly go pro in two different sports. This guy is an athlete. And Hop man, I, I have a hot take. And I'm going to say it now just because we're talking about him. But Hop is the second best receiver in this league. Oh, no
1: doubt. That's not a hot take.
0: No, No, he is the second best receiver in this league as of now, behind one person and one person only. And that one person is now Antonio Brown. I'm gonna call it right now. Okay. That is my hot take. The only reason I don't have Michael Thomas there anymore is because this guy has been injured since week one and can't even walk. So Michael Thomas has to go down just for the current moment, but I'm telling you guys. Watch out here in Week 9 when this stuff starts popping off in Tampa Bay. It's going to be so scary. I'm just I'm just saying. I'm wrong. Anyway. You know,
1: I, I can feel your hesitation about making that hot take. Because <laughs> no drop, D-Hop is the real deal. He is. Um, 100 he is. yards, one touchdown again. Just giving Kyle Murray that good cushion. Like, oh, D-Hop's down there somewhere. But also, you know, I just want to highlight some things about that Cardinals team. Like you said, Kyle Murray was on the ground rushing. And he's very good at avoiding tackles. And uh, Larry Legend had eight catches for 60 yards. He still got it. Larry's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt. And now I want to talk about the Seahawks. I think it was a humbling game. I think they needed that loss to say, hey, now we can look at a game and see what we need to fix so that our games in the future can be even better than what we've been playing so we can limit those mistakes. And DK Metcalf. Well, first, Tyler Lockett, 200 yards receiving three touchdowns and a loss as a receiver, I would be, ugh. That grinds my gears, especially as a you know offensive person. I would hate to see that. But Ty it's the real deal. DK Metcalf saying, hey, we're probably one of the best duo receiver uh, core in the league. Probably I'm top three, no doubt. I don't think he'll be number one for the best duo receivers. But uh that is, you know, great to see for Russ. I mean, that's why Russ is so successful this year. And like you said, DK Metcalf hawked. He came hunting. And the one thing I want to say about that is. Line him up against Tyreek Hill. Hot take. I think he gives Tyreek Hill a run for his money. He might beat him in a 40, 50, 100, et cetera. I really think so. And DK Metcalf, uh, I, saw, I saw a lot of videos about it this week. Like, what can I do to, you know, make me start, coach? Like, da-da-da-da-da. And DK Metcalf solely saved them a touchdown against them because he went as hard as he could and tackled him before the pick-six happened. Every other player would have quit gone off to the side. Darn, we threw an interception, moving on to the next play. But DK put his like life on the line to go make that tackle. And I just wish every kid growing up or trying to you know make it big, trying to go to college, look at that. You got to have that attitude, that mindset, that effort every time you're on the field. The play is never over. DK Metcalf is now living proof, has a video about it now, um, living film that you gotta be you know, have that mindset. But uh that's my really quick hot take. Not really hot takes, but uh takes about Seattle and I think they're really gonna have a big bounce back game and it's not a terrible loss. I mean scored thirty four points in loss, not terrible, but uh love to see it. Two hundred yards receiving for Ty Lockett, et cetera.
0: Yeah, I mean it's crazy to look at it and when you're looking at the stats for the game and you're like Not one person had more than five targets other than Tyler Lockett who had 20. (laughs) <laughs> like, like that man was open all night he had 20 targets and had 15 catches and he has 200 yards and three touchdowns like that's one of the greatest stat lines i've ever seen the only stat line i feel like i can personally remember that's better than that was a one julio jones game and the game where megatron dropped like 350 yards back in the day <laughs> like those are the only ones that i could really remember but that that's a crazy stat line. I, I do agree. I think this 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 was good for Seattle. It's all good for a team, just like how I thought it was with the Packers last week. And look what they did again this week. Like I think it's always good for a great team, especially with great players on the offensive side of the ball, to have that loss that humbles them. So they and they they always seem to bounce back. At least the real ones do. So, uh, props to the Seattle Seahawks. They're going to be fine moving forward. But to me, man, this again—it's about the Cardinals, and this there's a reason why I saw them being this good coming in the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, those are the two big games that I wanted to talk about. So uh, I I would love to hear what teams and games that you would like to talk about here in Week Seven.
0: Um, so there's two, um, honestly, that I want to look at. The first one is I. Uh, uh, you know me. I love to monitor the AFC East and see what's going on. But, like, somebody sound the alarm. Like, New England's two and four. And they mm-hmm. got drummed by the 49ers. And, like, I'm not – I know I love to, like, push Miami because I am one of the biggest Finns fans ever. But, I mean, we have a – we're a game and a half up on on New England We're a game back now because the Bills did lose to the Chiefs like everyone pretty much thought they would. So we're a game back now from the Bills. And I don't know, like the Patri- like. I don't know what happened to Cam Newton because the first two weeks, I mean, you and I have had have big expectations for him coming into the season, and he played amazingly, like MVP caliber Cam the first couple weeks. Then he got COVID, and he hasn't practiced or played, and now he came out the last two weeks and looked absolutely like the opposite. Like He's looked like he's aged five years in the last couple weeks. So I don't know what's going on in New England. I don't know how they still allowed 33 points to the Niners because the defense is usually what New England is relying on. But th- it does not look good right now in New England. And I'm not saying that they can't turn around because they do have the greatest coach of all time. And they do have a – like they – this is some – they would just be another thing that he would overcome and another thing to set straight. And if Cam Newton starts to play better, they're going to be a solid team. But for me, honestly, it's just the fact that like like this week they play the Bills, which is a big game because the Bills are not going to come in being – like. Acting like a slouch. Like, if they lose to the Bills now, they're going to be two and five and really looking at a struggling playoff picture. So, like, I'm interested to see what happens going into this game, but they lose last week big. They go to two and four. They're third in the division now. They've got to worry about the Bills and the Dolphins now just to fight for a playoff spot. And, like, Tyler Knox, I think his first name's Tyler, but I'm not sure. But Knox, the tight end for the Bills, they interviewed him this week. And his exact quote was, we're not going to take this Patriots team lightly coming into this week. When was the last time you ever heard somebody talk about the Patriots and taking them lightly? Like, like nobody takes the Patriots lightly, man. Like, it doesn't matter, ever. They've won the division for 20 straight years. Like, and now we've got teams questioning whether or not they have to give them their full attention. Like, what is going on, man? Like, it, I I say sound the alarm. I'm glad you brought up
1: this game. I have a lot to say. Uh, starting with that New England team, uh, sound the alarm. What comes up, what goes up must come down. And they are not going to win their division. They might get a playoff. I'm not going to count them on the playoffs yet. But like you said, this shows that you need to show up to practice every day. Granted, he couldn't, you know. <laughs> But it's just a proven point that you have to show up to practice because 98 yards, nine completions, three interceptions. Um, I'm sorry, but take any person out of the college right now and put them on this team and they might have done better. Um, Steady went in. He added to the interception game. He also threw an interception. So uh, the quarterback might be a struggle for the Patriots, and that proves our point again that Tom Brady doesn't need Bill Belichick. All right. So, I mean, that's just awesome to hear as well, moving with the Patriots, as you know, he pretty much carried for them. But uh, it is really tough to see. And I'm, you know, the Dolphins might get them this year. They might, you know, get them this year. And if they do, then the Patriots are definitely out of like the playoffs. I mean, that's just me looking to the future. But uh, New England definitely set the alarm like, uh oh, we're in trouble alarm because I'm really upset. Like you said, we've been hyping up Cam. We had a big, you know, episode about him and he'll, he'll bounce back. I mean, Cam Newton has that mentality. He's not going like, to take that lightly. He's like, now i got to play for my job. So I think he'll bounce back, but uh, I don't think they're going to be as good. You know everyone's, you everyone's know, saying? I think they're definitely not the uh, AFC East champ. so Miami might sneak in there, but Buffalo's going to run that, so don't worry about it. And uh, going over to San Francisco real quick, your quarterback throws no touchdowns and throws two interceptions, granted, 270, and your team was 30-36. And granted, uh, I know I talked to Trash about him. Uh, Brandon a Yuck, I called him Yuck. Uh, He had 115 yards, so he heard the podcast and said, "Uh, Mickey, shut up, you're an amateur uh, NFL analyst. You're right. And wouldn't you call myself an amateur. But uh, he went out and balled out. And once again, San Francisco finds a good running back. Jeffrey Wilson, uh, Wilson who? 112 yards, three touchdowns. People are sleeping on the San Francisco offensive line. You can't just run through running backs and just choose one off the street and have them go off for 100 yards unless your offensive line is that those dudes. I would say maybe behind the Tampa Bay Bay Buccaneers for the best offensive line in San Francisco has definitely got to be up there.
0: Yeah, um, I mean... Like I said, to me, the Niners have never been about Jimmy Garofalo. And that's why I'm also saying, like, sound the alarm in New England because like, <laughs> they let go of that guy to keep on to Tom Brady. And, like, I don't think that's the wrong decision because they won another Super Bowl with Tom Brady when they did that. So I think it's still the right decision. But here they are now having to watch that same guy that they let go come back and beat them without even doing anything. And that, like, yeah, he, he did not beat them. Stop that. He did not beat. Them. I did, that's what I'm saying. He I'm saying that the Niners beat them and he's the starting quarterback without him even doing anything like like he's still walking into New England and getting a win. So to me, it's just like extra salt to throw in the wound. But yeah, no, the game's not about Jimmy G. And I don't think that the team has ever been about Jimmy G. I hate that he has as much money as he got after only ha- after the small sample size that they had of him for like four games. Like, to me, Jimmy G is, is an overrated quarterback until he proves otherwise. But this team has an amazing defense. Even without Bosa out, they are still a great defense. They have running backs galore that are just all talented, and they have an offensive line and a tight end that can do anything. So they're still a good team, and that's why we still talk about that entire division that they're in being a possible playoff contender. But – um I just think – I think this whole thing says so much more about the Patriots than it does the Niners because the Niners, yeah, they've been banged up. They got blown out by the Dolphins. They got blown out by two te- – I forget who the other team was that blew them out, but they've gotten blown out twice this year, even with it basically being their JV squad. But still, like they, they've they lost a few games in some pretty horrible fashion. and it, it You just never know until we see them get fully healthy, but still. Like I just – I'm, I'm interested to see what happens mostly between the Patriots and the Bills this week because I feel like that really tells us how much trouble New England's in.
1: No, yeah, my last little take. Bills are going to smoke the Patriots. Uh, no question Whoa. about that. I like San that. San Francisco. Take. Oh, yeah, no, that's it's a no-brainer. Call me DJ Khaled. Um <laughs> San Francisco is <laughs> – not good. Jimmy G, I mean, Grady, you have to pay the man. He took her to a dang Super Bowl. Granted, he didn't that. take yeah, that. Yeah. But he was the guy at the head honcho. So, like you got to at least pay him. And uh my last take is yeah, the Patriots uh definitely sound that uh-oh, we're in trouble alarm. I have to agree with you on that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a few games that I'm I'm not gonna say much about them. I'm gonna touch on them. First off, the Steelers, Titans is the uh, the undefeated game that we all expected, but I did expect the Steelers to prevail with that defense, and I think it ended up happening. But I don't know. The Titans still look good, especially coming back at the end. So that was a fun game to watch. Uh, The Panthers-Saints was another close, great divisional game to watch. The Browns. Wait real quick, real quick.
1: quick. go 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 ahead. Uh, Steelers, yeah. The Battle of the Unbeatings. That was awesome. The score doesn't reflect the actual game. I think they took their foot off the pedals, Izzy. I kind of so. did. Yeah, the Titans the are still good. The Titans are still a raw. Derrick Henry's a beast. And Ryan Tannehill's coming alive a little bit. So uh, I think there's definitely going to be a good football team moving forward. And yep. the Saints Panthers game, uh, if you know what the over was in that game, it's 51.5. Guess how many points combined they scored together?
0: <laughs>
1: Guess who bet the over this week? Oh, no. Yep. So, uh, I will, and they missed a field goal. Uh, Carolina did to tie the game. So, uh, you know, that really was a heartbreaker for uh, the Over's Club. Yeah. And, uh, that's my quick take on that. I was just very upset. <laughs> yeah.
0: that one, uh, and I'll take it, I'll make it more positive. So, the Browns and Bengals was uh, 37 to 34. And my last game on my one o'clock parlays was for the Bengals getting three and a half. And I needed the Browns to miss that extra point at the end. And they did. So, <laughs> I did win 50 bucks this weekend off that. So I was pretty happy about that one. Um, But also, just to shout out the Browns. So I talked lowly, I will say, of Baker Mayfield in the last episode. Yep, yep, Uh, bring it up. I will say, like I said, he's got to perform better. Odell Beckham's gone for the year. He has an ACL tear. He's done. I don't think that the team is better without him, but for some reason, Baker Mayfield is. I don't know why, but this guy is very, very, very good. At, I don't know, distributing the ball to, around to the open person when Odell's not on the field. I don't know if it's just because like Odell has that star power where it's like, get him the ball, get him the ball, get him the ball. But I'm interested, interested to see what happens moving forward. He started awfully 0 for 5, interception on the first throw of the game. And then he comes back on completes twenty two of twenty three. Yikes! So I I apologize for me talking smack about Baker Mayfield, but he like I said, it's got to be consistent. It's one thing to do it now, but he's got to be consistent.
1: Oh, another excuse about Baker. And I thought you were a Baker guy. Now, (laughs) Zizzy, Mister Zizzy. He went what? would you say? He went twenty-two for twenty-three. Correct. After he oh. went zero and five and one interception, I was a little scared. All right, I was like, oh, he interception. But then twenty-two for twenty-three. You know what that oh, incompletion was? A spike. A spike. He had a spike it to stop the clock, so it wasn't really his fault or a receiver dropping a ball. Two hundred ninety-seven yards for not one, not two, not three, not four, but he driving because he's got five, five and drive, baby, five touchdowns as many fingers as you have on your hands as he. I want to come down there and spoon, feel, spoon feed you that take from last week of a terrible take, but uh, a 5 and 2 Cleveland club looking pretty. And if they play better without Odell, rest in peace with ACL. I know that pain, but uh, let's go, Baker. He's back on track.
0: Hey, sorry, man. I couldn't. Uh, first off, I was on the. I got a phone call, had to take, but I lost the last <laughs> couple sentences. It got really quiet on me. No, I was just saying,
1: uh, five and drive. Not one, not two, not three, but as many fingers as you have on your hands. Is he five touchdowns? Yeah, he is yeah, back a spike. uh Spike. Spike was his only incompletion after that zero and five kind of start for passes to attempts. And uh, if he plays better without Odell, I mean, granted, the ACL sucks. I mean, I've lived the story. Shoot, I should write a book about it. But uh, hopefully he keeps on performing and playing for yeah, Odell. Yeah,
0: no I, no, I agree. Um, the last game I really want to talk about this week, honestly, the Cowboys. <laughs> like, like, it's not even about the fact that we knew that they were going in a downward direction because obviously once they lose Dak, they're already doing that, but. Their starting quarterback's name is Ben DiNucci. I don't know who he is. I've never heard of him before. Um, I know he's a rookie, and I saw him throw his first passes this weekend. But Andy Dalton, who we're thinking, I I mean, he's an all-pro quarterback. You're hoping he can come in and do something. Don't get me wrong, the team is playing awfully around him, and he wasn't playing very well statistically. But he gets knocked out, and then not even one player is going to come and defend him. Yep. Like, like, that's all I need to say about this Cowboys team right now because that alone tells you exactly how it is that they feel about each other, about the coaching staff, about the culture in the locker room right now. This team is, go- is, is lost. This team is lost without their starting quarterback. It's lost with the management that's in charge right now, and it's lost because they don't have a coach that's putting them in the right direction. And then on top of that, their best players are getting hurt. So what do they do? That's my only question moving forward. I don't know. That's why I started talking about last yeah, week. I, I was like, hey, maybe we blow it up. But now maybe we really blow it up. I don't know.
1: I got answers. Um, when you take Moneyline Washington, that's all I did nice. uh, So <laughs> I love that. But uh, Andy Dalton, yes, gets knocked out, and not one player goes oh. and at least gives the guy a shove. And like you said, that's an automatic, like, I'm going to go push someone, if not start a fight because the quarterback was sliding and you went helmet to helmet and knocked him out. Like, that's as a coach, you're like, that's okay. Good job, guys. Granted, I got to pretend to yell at you, but way to stick up for your quarterback. And, yeah, Ben Gianucci, uh, no idea. Kind of excited. Like, hey, go ball. But once again, my point is proven on paying Dak. I know I brought it up last episode. But he was that heart and soul of that team. They were doing well. They were putting points. They were putting yards on the board. And Mac, uh, Mike McCarthy was looking like a good coach again. And now that Dak is out, it becomes a dumpster fire. Call it the celebration of the L.A. Dodgers winning the World Series. I'm sorry. They're a dumpster fire right now. And it keeps on burning. And I don't know what they're going to do to get out of this slump. Maybe you just let it burn to next season. I mean, but the thing is, you still have a chance to win your division with Ben DiNucci at your starting quarterback. So, uh, I'm really interested to see, um, where the Cowboys go from this as well. I have to agree with you, kind of what's going to happen. I think Mike McCarthy, um, granted, when he was from Green Bay, I hated him, but, uh, see what they do. But, uh, in the Washington football team, I mean, Kyle Allen, two touchdowns, no picks, 190. All right, I'll take that. And, you know, a great rushing game, 128 yards for Antonio Gibson. That's pretty cool. But, uh, this Washington team also has a chance to win the division. So uh, the only team I don't think will is the Giants. I mean, that's just, you know, stinks to say. I, I was hyping up yeah. Daniel Jones earlier on in this year. But uh football team, the Cowboys, the Eagles.
0: All oh, the yeah. the I think it's the battle to who gets the 6 and 10. That's all I <laughs> think. <Fourth laughs> for place. real, for real. Fourth so place. anyway, um, that's really all world. I got on the NFL this week. How are you feeling? All right. Oh, uh, really let's get it, football. then. Let's go back to where we last discussed our Los Angeles Lakers champions. But let's go to the NBA. What's going on?
1: Talking about the NBA again, and talking about coaching changes. As this has been some interesting stuff, if I have to say. Um, I think the big one, which I'm kind of, you know, glad we talked about. I guess you could say. I mean, I I, I don't want to say you killed it, but uh, Doc Rivers, no longer with the Clippers. He now goes to yeah. the 76ers, and I think this is great for Philadelphia, even though I should be hating on them, but I am a huge Doc Rivers fan, and I think the Clippers are making a big mistake. I think they should have got rid of Paul George instead of Doc Rivers. But uh, a lot of playoff appearances, took them finally to the finals, and you're going to release them, get rid of them after – I mean, no, not going to finals. My apologies. Um, I was thinking of someone else. But, uh, you know, there's players choking and him, like, getting fired for that. Like, I think that's unfair. But uh, I think it's bright things in Philly as long as they get rid of Um, of
0: That's the thing. I don't know if Ben Simmons – I mean, I don't know. I don't know which one you try to get rid of. Either Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. I feel like a move has to be made and I can't really decide which one because I feel like Ben Simmons has the potential to really create opportunities for other players. I like the the idea of a really powerful point guard that can get to the rim and score. I understand he's not a shooter, which is honestly a big development point, especially for point guards in the game nowadays, but he has so much other potential as far as rebounding, scoring inside, and passing that it's really hard to get rid of somebody that can handle the ball like he does and lead a team. So I don't know if I would want to get rid of him over Joel Embiid, who I feel like has sometimes – who has definite health issues but then also has sometimes questions of his effort. And to me, I'm just not about that. But that is, that's neither here or there. Like That's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about the coaching change. I know I talked about Doc Rivers being on the hot seat. I didn't say it was going to be this season. Like I thought it was going to be next season if they went out and did something similar to what they did in the bubble. Like I get it. He's been there for a long time and they haven't made a conference finals appearance yet. That honestly, like I said, I've said it all before. We can go back to the episode, but like, yeah, you can be great and winning went at winning but when you don't win when it matters it's going to come back to bite you eventually and I just feel like that's what it was and I'm not sure how much of a difference it's going to be in Los Angeles for the Clippers um with Ty Lu as the head coach because Ty Lu was the main the number one assistant to Doc Rivers so I'm interested to see if there's any type of identity change or crisis there um but Doc Rivers coming to the 76ers I mean I feel like it's better than what they had and um what was it? Um, Brown was his last name, but what's his first name? I can't remember. Um, but either way, who, whoever dot rivers is replacing at, at the 76 for the 76ers. Like, I think it's going to be widely accepted. I think it's going to be a good culture change. And I think that he's going to be able to get the best out of their players. It's just going to be a matter of what do we do with Philly in general? Do we blow it up? Because Miami's not looking like they're going anywhere. The bucks aren't going anywhere. As long as they have Giannis, like, what what do they do in Philly? Because right now they haven't been able to either stay healthy or be consistent enough to contend down the stretch.
1: Yeah, Brett Brown was the coach of the 76ers. And, yeah, he's out. He doesn't have the job. Doc Rivers in. And it's definitely going to be a culture change, I think, for that Philadelphia 76ers team. And I'm really glad you brought up Ty Lue because Ty Lue is not a good uh, NBA coach. I'm going to say that right now. It's a hot take. LeBron James practically led that team. Ty Lue just said, LeBron, go do whatever you'd like. Kyrie, go do whatever you like. Come Love, go do whatever you would like. Tristan Thompson, make sure you get rebounds, though. All right? I could have went in and told him that. I am not sold on Ty Lue being a good NBA coach. You know, that's what I'm saying. But I think him going to the Clippers will be a good C if they can. Because I do think that coaching is a big help for Kawhi Leonard. You know, Nick Nurse being a good NBA coach and whatnot. And I think doc wasn't a good coach moving forward and i want to see if tyloo no he was he okay
0: was. so what's the I difference was,
1: and i want to see if Lu is yeah. up they were the if the best if not the second best team in uh their conference yeah they choked okay that wasn't oh, not remember that, remember. that was uh, paul george's fault, Kawhi's fault in the last two games sure, sure, i mean sure. we're not talking about them we're talking about coaches and I want to see if Tyler's up for the challenge. And I hope he comes and prevails. I hope he, you know, actually shows that he can coach a team that, you know, choked and bring them back to where they were. Because if they have anything what like they were last year, they are not a number two seed with that same somewhat roster. I, I can't say
0: that yet because that everybody, everybody's – hey, come yes, on now. No, everybody's yeah. sleeping on the Warriors and everyone needs to respect them when they come back at full strength for the first time. You're telling me – Uh, You're telling me that Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond, Andrew Wiggins, and then a number number two or three draft pick this year isn't going to be a good team? That's what I'm saying. You're telling me they're not going to be a good team? Stop it. The Warriors are going to be back in contention this year, I'm telling you. Mark my words.
1: I mean, yeah, we're not talking about that. We're I know.
0: I'm just show. saying, like, I, I, I wouldn't say like put the pressure league. on them to have to be in the top two because the Lakers are going to come in as the favorites being the chance. Yeah. And then I, it's honestly, it's awesome to me in the West between the Warriors and the uh, Clippers, even though we haven't seen the Warriors in a while, we know what Steph and Clay are going to do. Like, come on now, but you're, right, we're talking coaches.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, moving on with those coaches Okay, I will give uh, Tyloo uh, third. Uh, the Clippers go. do not get third in the <laughs> next year. I will give you third. Uh, yeah. You can convince me on that. Okay. You do not get third. He is a bad coach. Um, some really key things. Uh, I hate seeing Alvin yeah. Gentry leave the Pelicans. As you know, I'm a big, not a huge Pelicans fan, but I'm a Lonzo ball fan, so you know. And I liked him as a coach. Uh, so that kind of stinks. But uh, whoever they get, hopefully that goes well. And then uh the big one.
0: Yeah. Steve.
1: Natch once upon a time, MVP uh the hair, the swagger, the one of the best teammates of all time, they recorded how many high fives he gave during <laughs> like 150 plus high fives uh, he's the real deal, and I know there are some takes like, oh, why would you give him a head coach job? He has hardly any coaching experience da 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 da. I do not care. He has one of the best basketball iQs that I know about. And I think Steve Nash is going to thrive, especially in Brooklyn when you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie to be like, hey, go make a play real quick for me uh, if things are going bad. I think he's going to get along with Kyrie and KD very, very well. And He also brought in as one of his assistants, Amari Stunemeyer, once upon a time rookie of the year for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, they also their team chemistry is really high. And when you're a new coach, you want to have a coach that you can get along with so that the coaching chemistry is good, so that your team chemistry is good. He brought in a dude he likes, and I'm really excited to see what Steve Nash can do with that great basketball IQ mind of his. And I think he's going to prove all these people wrong that who said they shouldn't have gave him the shot.
0: I'm really you excited
1: know, to see Steve Nash. Go. I'm with
0: you because I think this is the most interesting coaching choice out of all the new coaches. Um, for me, Steve Nash is he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. His chemistry on the court with Amari Stoudemire was no incredible. And now they're going to try and do it coaching. So, like, I, I, I honestly like that transition. Um, and you're right. He is one of the greatest on-court minds I've ever seen. Like, for him, the basketball IQ that he has is incredible. But just because you can lead – like, I don't know. It's hard to credit – him just because of how great he was on the court and then be able to say that he can turn around and lead people to do similar things on the court as a coach like he has zero coaching experience like zero. Zero. i understand that he's a hall of famer like he obviously knows stuff and i think that just based off him being a hall of famer he's credited enough to go be a coach anywhere at least on the college level but to walk into not even just a rebuilding job But to walk into a championship contending team, because that's what the Nets will be with a healthy Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. They will be a championship contender, especially coming out of a weaker East Conference. Like, I I don't know. I don't know if I can merit it as well as you can, but I can say that, yes, I think he's a great mind. I think that him being a player and being a Hall of Famer and stuff, he already has the respect of the players that he's coaching. But Also, being as great of a player as he was, it'll make it easier for him to relate to his players. Maybe it'll increase the team chemistry, like you said. I think there's a whole bunch of positives that can come out of it. I just am not necessarily sure if he was the most qualified or if he necessarily should have been the person that got picked. But either way, I am excited because I think it's the most interesting new coach.
1: Yeah, Mr. Z. I mean, this is kind of why I want to talk about this topic is because I do agree with you. There's some people who are the best best. That's why Michael Jordan was never, you know, a coach is because some people kind of like will walk into it. And this is a problem with some coaches, you know, at any level. Why can't you do this? Just do this. Just do this. And I think Steve Nash is going to be able to look at film and help digest it and tell the players what to do, especially with Kyrie Irving, who is a very smart basketball player as well. He can tell them, hey, this is how you do this. When you see this, when this happens, when you know, X, Y, and Z goes, this is how you're going to do it on the court. And I think Steve Nash is going to be a great coach explaining things and really getting them down to be the most successful they possibly can. And I truly do believe that because he was a good player based on his basketball IQ, team chemistry, et cetera. And he's going to build up that team chemistry as well. And I think that's going to be one of his MOs, his motto, his mantra is moving forward with Brooklyn. And I love seeing that. And like you said, I, and it's really going to be a big show. If the Brooklyn Nets are bad next year, I'm going to eat this up. I'm really going to eat this take. I'm going to look at this episode, episode, what, 27 now? No, yeah, it's 27 because you came in with your crazy uh <laughs> intro here. But uh, I'm going to come back to this episode and be like, wow, I'm wrong because Kyrie Irving, NBA champion. Kevin Durant, two-time NBA champion, finals, MVP um if you lose with that group and don't make the playoffs you're a terrible coach you should get fired next year but like you said championship contending team possibly with both of them healthy I mean they got the role players who can still succeed uh Steve Nash has an easier job because he has playmakers at his in his hands so I'm really excited to see what Steve Nash can do um not a Nets fan I'm not saying I'm a Nets fan but uh We'll be talking about that. Yeah, I
0: agree. I agree. Um, is there any other new coaches that you wanted to talk about going into this?
1: Um, no. I'm just. I working, know that we've got uh back back in
0: New York, but like, let's Jones. be honest. I'm not expecting anything from the Knicks in general. Um, I know there's new ownership now. The new, the Houston owner is now the owner for uh, who is it? Is it? I, don't know. I have to look. Hang on. Either way, it's not coaching, but Yeah you know, I, I think that's about it, honestly. Yeah, not, sure. yeah. well, really... Those are the three big yeah, so, challenges that I want to talk all about. All right. But I I I mean it's it's storylines already and now we might see basketball on Christmas. I don't know. It's a quick turnaround, man. We got a lot to talk about.
1: I really hope this is my last take of this episode. That NBA does come back on Christmas. You still need to progress the season. I get, you know, some people are like, oh, we just got done playing. But what have you ever heard a person say? I don't want to play basketball. Come on now. Get it back. Sports are back. And hopefully we can make something to work out so you still can see your families and whatnot. I've heard talk of a shorter season, et cetera. Which if that needs to happen, that's fine because we love playoff basketball. But, uh. Let it be a rest for a little bit. Give us a month or two, and then uh, maybe on Christmas Day, give me a little Christmas surprise as I walk down the stairs to go to the Christmas tree and open up presents. I'll be Heck watching a yeah. Christmas Day
0: basketball. But, uh, no, I think we're um, good, big guy. And if, with, and if so, I'm going to go ahead and hit it with the – If you're talking sports, just the matchup. Mickey, here with Zizzy. Yeah, we cutting it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is, the Mickey Zizzy podcast. Have a great night, everybody. Peace.